You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 104 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My awesome co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. He'll be joining us shortly in our guest conversation. We are sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. This week, it's an episode you can really get behind. You know I can never stop making the cheesy butt puns. Yeah, we're talking all things butt stuff with Tristan Terramino. Tristan is an award-winning writer, sex educator, speaker, filmmaker, and radio host. She is the editor of 25 anthologies and the author of eight books, including Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. It's so good, by the way. Get it. Uh, And The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women. Also really good. I have both. She's directed and produced 24 sex ed and porn films. She lectures also at top colleges and universities, plus teaches sex and relationship workshops around the world. And she's also the host of Sex Out Loud, a weekly radio show on the Voice America Network, where she's interviewed a variety of guests from Dr. Joycelyn Elders to Janet Mock to Bridget Everett and Margaret Cho. She's also the creator of the Sex Educator Bootcamp, a professional training program, and she runs a coaching and consulting business for sexuality professionals. Uh, Just summary, Tristan is the shit. She's freaking amazing. And this episode is officially going down as the audio anal sex Bible. Everything you've always wanted to know and more about backdoor play is right here. We bust anal sex myths that keep us ashamed and afraid to experiment. It's been drummed in our heads that Anal sex is risky, like, oh, it's risky sex. It's so risky. You'll find out if that's really true and why. You'll learn the essential anal anatomy, the best lubes for butt play, enema do's and don'ts, the benefits of anal masturbation, specific step-by-step guidelines for givers and receivers for a painless, pleasurable experience, the best positions for anal, the real story on anal gaping, Also, anal training and butt plugs and a whole lot more. American fuckers, this is a good one. We talked about so much. It is a truly jam-packed episode. Jam-packed like your butt might be if you opt for one of those inflatable butt plugs that we talk about. And as I was listening back through this conversation as I was editing, there was one thing that I feel that we missed that I think is really important to mention. So if you've been following me or Ken for a while, or if you've attended one of our workshops, there's a good chance you may have heard us say at some point, quote, without a base, without a trace. In other words, what that means is never stick anything in your butt that does not have a flared base. The interesting thing about butts is they're very hungry. 
You may have seen on the internet x-ray photos of people with all sorts of things like in their colons, from bottles to vegetables to Buzz Lightyear action figures, you know, sex toys that are still buzzing. It's always the ones with the really good, like long lasting battery power that people get stuck in their ass. It's Murphy's Law. Uh, Barbie dolls, like you name it. And someone has probably lost it up their ass. This is so common, not because people are super careless and just get carried away. But as I said, asses are hungry. They just like to suck things in when you least expect it. It's like those movies you watch when you were a little kid. You know how there's always somebody stuck in the quicksand and they can't get out. And it's like, oh, and then eventually they go under, right? Except for the quicksand is your butt and helpless drowning you is that zucchini that you're trying to stick up there because you don't have a sex toy with a flared base. So remember, if you stick something in your ass without a flared base, there is a chance it could disappear without a trace. Without a base, without a trace. I want to be clear on that. You know, that's something that we we sort of take for granted as a given and we glossed over it and didn't mention it. And we got to the more like hardcore stuff. But yeah, be careful what you stick in your ass. Very, very important. Emergency rooms are expensive and I want you to keep out of them. Okay, so also, Tristan, you're going to get more of her over on patreon.com slash American sex. She tells us a bonus story about an amazing pegging scene mindfuck that you do not want to miss. Here's one little announcement I want to make that I make sure regular listeners take note. We are taking a hiatus week next week, Monday, September 30th. So we will not be on air. And aside from our scheduled holiday hiatus times, like, you know, in December, and we do one in the summertime, it's rare that we're just like, hey, we're going to take a week off. So I didn't want to catch you off guard. We got so much shit going on. Like, oh my God, we have so much shit. Our cat died. Like all this stuff's happening. And so we'll be back. We just we just need a week. So we'll see you back on, where the hell is my calendar? We will see you back on the 7th of October. Now, lastly, I got to mention this before we get to Tristan, because some shit is going down right now on the internet. You know here on American Sex how much we talk about online censorship pertaining to sex and sex-related topics. And of course, we know that social media has been cracking down and removing people like us that talk about sex in any way, shape, or form. You know, just because we don't talk about it in a titillating way doesn't mean that we're immune to this. So the latest targeted discrimination hammer just came down and like we are losing our shit. So this time it was on Twitter, the one place that we're like, oh, Twitter's pretty safe, right? Like people post videos of themselves sucking dick and you know, all that. Hmm. Okay. So on the 19th of September, a bunch of adult performers found when they logged into Twitter, their accounts were completely locked down. For some of these people, they were able to get back in. Like if you go to their page, it says, caution, this account is temporarily restricted. And then it says, you're seeing this warning because there's been some unusual activity from this account. Do you still want to view it? And then if you click yes, you can view it. But as I noted, when I clicked yes on these people's profiles, they were following nobody. And when I talked to some of these people, some of them were like, oh, yeah, I was able to go in and they just made me like re-verify by phone number and I got in. Some people, they were like, oh, I didn't get that at all. I'm completely locked out. One of which, if you remember our guest, Amberly Rothfield, she's how I made $10,000 as a phone sex operator every month. She is now a 
adult industry marketing person, and she is sharp as shit. Oh, her, she's really, really good. She discovered some stuff about Twitter and how they shadow ban people and how certain people are earmarked for deletion. And they happen to be a bunch of sex workers and sex-related accounts where Twitter can just press a button and boop. And she published a video about that on Pornhub, which I know we ha- some of us have ethical issues about Pornhub. I do too. However, when we're shut out of all the mainstream places, we can't put this stuff on YouTube. Uh, we're like backed into an unethical Pornhub hole. I don't know what the solution to it is, but j- just throwing that out there. That's another issue. Um, so she posted it and the next day, all these people got locked out, including her, and she can't get her account back. So that's a very strange coincidence. Anyway, this is a very long way of me telling you a, that this shit is going down. Visit my Twitter. I, I'm talking all about it on Friday. I, I posted all about it this past Friday on the, was it the 20th, I think. Um, but secondly, I don't want to lose touch with you because I don't know if I'm earmarked for deletion, if, if American Sex Podcast account is earmarked for deletion. So the best way for us to keep in touch is for you to join our mailing list. So All you got to do, if you have your phone handy, you can sign up via text right now by texting the word Megatron to the number 444-999, and then you're on our mailing list. If you'd rather do it via web, you can visit SunnyMegatron.com slash newsletter. So that's the story. That's the shit that's been happening. All right. I think we're ready. We're ready to get to butts. I know this has been a long floor floor, floor play. I'm not, we're, we're not ass fucking on the floor. A long floor play to get to anal sex. And uh, take notes. Here we go. Tristan Terramino. American fuckers, we have a very special guest today. Now I have a little bit of something to admit. Uh, and this makes absolutely no sense. It's completely illogical. But I uh, I went to the bathroom before we came out here, and I did a number two, oh. and I actually cleaned my ass three <laughs> times because of who our guest is today, because it's the person who literally wrote the book on butt stuff yeah. of all sorts, Tristan Terramino. Tristan, thank you so much, and I'm so sorry for that awful introduction. Uh, but- I can honestly say in, in 20 years, no one has given me an introduction like that. And you know, all I can think of, because I pictured the whole thing, all I can think of is, Ken, Sonny, you need a bidet. <laughs> yes. I know. Yes. I know and we actually, do. we had yeah. a bidet before we moved, one of the portable ones. Yes. And uh, we're real busy and kind of lazy, and we haven't hooked it up yet. Do, so. we, wait, do we still have it? I thought we left it we in Chicago. We have two bidets, dear. Where? Oh. <laughs> obviously not I. shooting up your ass <laughs> obviously <laughs> no, we'll, 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 fi- we'll, we'll figure out that later alright so um, because we have some really important butt stuff to talk about we do we do and you know a lot of people say that the butt is the great equalizer because most of us have them granted you know they might work a little differently and be connected to different parts but most of us find immense pleasure in our butts and a lot of us maybe are scared to find immense pleasure in our butts but if we but but <laughs> and I'm pretty sure all of us have butts. But if we, <laughs> but if I, just, I just farted. <laughs> How appropriate is that? All right. Wow, this is going in a in a way. Yes, it, keep going. It really is. So, all right. A lot of people are. I don't know what just happened. Are we high? What's going well, on? I, okay. I am, but you're so, not. So there are a lot of myths about 
anal sex, whether it is, you know, no matter your gender, no matter if you're the receiver, no matter if you're the giver, receivers tend to have more myths like, oh, it's supposed to hurt. And there are all these things. And oftentimes, those are things that stop us from experimenting with anal sex. So I think first, Tristan, we need to get some address some of these myths and get them out of the way. So what are some of the top myths people have about anal? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good point because there's so much shame around sexuality in general. I know you know that. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to the converted here. Um, But I think that there's like some extra layers of cultural baggage around the butt. And it really does keep people from even trying it, which bums me out because I want people to at least try it once and see if they like it. Um, So I think one of the myths is that it's unnatural, or mm-hmm. deviant or you know exit only it's 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 just not an erogenous zone right right um which isn't true it's there's plenty of nerve endings it feels really good to touch your butt it anal penetration can feel really good external stimulation can feel really good um but people don't know that people think it sort of serves one function and we shouldn't think about it in in a sexual way at all right right so why does it feel good? You know, I know there are listeners out there that might be, um, you know, starting their anal expiration journey, and they've heard rumors of anal orgasms, especially in people with vaginas. It's like, we don't have a prostate in there. Is there really anal orgasm? Where the hell does it come from? Why does it feel good? So it feels good because there's tons of nerve endings, even just externally, just the anal opening is really rich in nerve endings. When you go inside, the first like inch to an inch and a half is the anal canal. And you've got lots of nerve endings, which means it's really sensitive to different kinds of touch and stimulation. Beyond the anal canal is the rectum. So if you do anal penetration, we're in the the area of the rectum. And and that actually has a different kind of nerve endings. That Mm -hmm. tissue is made up differently. And it actually responds to pressure and, and, and that fullness against it. So, um, so it, it just feels really good in plain language. It feels really good. Then if you also happen to have a prostate, you can directly stimulate the prostate through anal penetration. And if you have a G spot or urethral sponge, you can indirectly stimulate the G spot through anal penetration, especially in certain positions where you're definitely hitting that front wall mm-hmm. or you're aiming towards the front of the person's body. Okay, American fuckers listening with pen in hand, taking notes are like, what positions, Tristan? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. Give me oh that fucking God. anal orgasm. <laughs> well, oh my gosh. Have we gotten ahead of ourselves? Maybe. Or Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I oh. feel like I don't want everyone like jumping into position. Okay, I'm making right a away. note. Okay, what make a positions, note. Make a note. Tristan? Question mark. It's just that warm up is my my number one thing about anal. Okay, it, it really is, and and it's all about the warm up as far as I'm concerned. Ah. And so, I kind of want to model good behavior and not jump right into because <laughs> you should not do that for anal sex. So before right. I, we I, even yeah. jump into anal sex, though, yeah. you were talking about um, you know the anal canal and the rectum, and uh, you know Ken and I are very familiar with anal anatomy. But the common person isn't. So can we go to that first? Like, what's up with the sphincters and and, and all that stuff? So explain that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I gave you the, the basic sort of kind of 
route, like the on ways, right? So you start <laughs> ways for anal, anal ways. Right. <laughs> you start at the butt, which is the anus, and then you venture inside. That's the anal canal. Okay, wait, you keep, police up ahead. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Hazard reported. <laughs> Um, then you go to the rectum. Okay, so in the anal canal is that tight ring of muscles. So right. if you just stuck a little finger up your butt, you'd feel that real tight ring of muscles. Those are the internal and the external sphincter muscles, uh-huh. which are essentially the muscles that you need to learn how to relax in order to have penetration even be possible, let alone feel good, uh-huh. right? Um, and And so that's the other thing I want to tell people is you're not learning how to stretch those muscles beyond, you know, repair. You're not tearing those muscles. You you know, you're not making your butthole so big that it'll never go back to its tiny little, you know, winky self. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really just learning how to relax those muscles if you're going to do anal penetration, to make an anal penetration um, okay. 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 There's a very frequent question that we get that is – pertains to this, but I think it's a little bit further down the line. And a lot of people want to know about anal gaping, what it is, how you achieve it. Um, They know that they see it and like, you know, maybe really can't do it themselves. Uh, Do you have any information about that in your books? Ken, you're rushing me again. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on the list. Anal gaping. Right now we only have one finger in the butt. We have one finger in the butt. And you guys are like, let's do positions for intercourse. Let's gape. And I'm like, one finger, people. <laughs> we're being an inexperienced teenage boy. Like, ooh! And then we're just going to come in our pants and the interview's over. Okay. So- <laughs> I was almost done. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Listen, I know that, that the anticipation, I, I know when a butthole presents itself right in front of you, like, I know you just want to go for it. Like, I feel that enthusiasm, too. I just feel like... <laughs> Because of the butt, you know, the butt is made of really delicate tissue, and it's more delicate than the lining of the vagina, for example. Mm -hmm. So you can't just ram things in there without lube and without thought or kindness, um, because you're going to hurt someone. I feel like I hear from way too many people that their first or their first and only anal experience was really painful, and they don't want to do it ever again. And mostly it's painful because people didn't take the time. Right. They were just like, hey, I've seen porn. I can just stick my dick in your ass. And I can like, spit no. on your butthole. Right. Yeah. Because spit is lube. Right, Tristan? No, spit is not lube, Sonny. And I make people recite this in my workshop. Spit is not a lubricant. Um, we've used spit before for various things and it sort of served us. But in terms of the ass, it doesn't work at all. You absolutely need lube. You need either a water-based lube or a silicone-based lube. There are hybrids of both. And then if you're into oil-based lubes, um, which you have to check compatibility with certain safer sex materials. Mm-hmm. Oil-based lubes do not work with latex, for example. Um, but there are some good oil-based lubes on the market, like the Butters and um, Boy Butter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one with coconut oil, which has a name like Coco something. Coco something. <laughs> not Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> no, not Cocoa Puffs. No, don't, don't put Cocoa Puffs in your ass. That's maybe our next interview. Um, right. But we'll get to the basics first. That's like a food fetish. Slash hey, exactly. Fetish. I have to. Yeah. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, I just want to, since you're talking about safer sex materials, I just want to interject here because I hear a misnomer all the time. So if you're listening along going, I know what else isn't compatible with latex, silicone, 
not true. I don't know how that rumor, like, I hear so many people say silicone lube is not compatible with latex. Oh, no, 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 no. it is. It is. Yeah, Yeah. most uh, these days, most commercial condoms come lubricated with silicone lube, Mm -hmm. don't they? Yep. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there because I hear that like every couple of months I'll hear someone go, never use silicone lube with latex. And then I like hit my forehead like, oh, stop. That's not okay, true. But that, does, that does get to another myth, mm-hmm. which I think is still kind of in circulation, which is the idea that anal sex is dangerous mm. or it's like an easier way to get an STI, right? Um, I've been doing a lot of work in the public health field lately. Mm-hmm. Um I've been really encouraged because I feel like public health folks have finally looked sort of outside their bubble and been like, what are like grassroots sex educators actually doing like right on the ground talking to people. And so I've talked to a lot of public health people. And whenever I go to their lectures, um, and they're talking about statistics and risk factors, you know, they say anal sex is risky. Anal sex is risky, Uh risky, risky, risky. It's like every other. And I finally said in one of my talks, we have to stop saying anal sex is risky. Anal sex in and of itself is neutral, okay? Just like everything else, Mm -hmm. it's neutral. There are things that can increase your risk. There are things that can decrease your risk. There are harm reduction techniques. There are safer sex techniques. But the idea that we constantly put it in this category of it's risky like right off the bat, Mm -hmm. if, listen, if you and your partner are tested, you know your status, you know each other's sexual history, there's no STIs, you're using condoms, um, then you're greatly reducing any risk, right? if not eliminating it. And so I think we have to continually sort of push back against this idea that butt sex is bad, which really came out in the late 80s around the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and also had a lot to do with basically homophobia. Right. Yeah. That is a great point because it it all adds to the stigma. It really does. Okay, so we've got the general anatomy rundown. We understand how the butt works. Uh, I do have one basic question, though. As somebody who suffers from stuff like anal fissures, one of the things that I personally notice is water-based lubes don't really work for me, but silicone does. Do you have any tips for people that have either hemorrhoids or fissures or some sort of a minor thing that's going on with their butt? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm not a doctor. I just want to say that. um, And nor do I play one on TV. But obviously, I know a lot about this stuff because it sort of comes with the territory. And um, the first thing I'll say is anal sex doesn't cause hemorrhoids. It can absolutely aggravate or flare up a hemorrhoid, but it's not going to cause hemorrhoids. So that's another myth out there. Um, I haven't, I've heard from various people, like it's anecdotal, you know, various people have told me this is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. And so I've heard both kinds of lube. I've heard, I've heard like from both aisles. I don't like the silicone lube and, or I don't like the water-based lube. Right. So that's a really interesting thing, Ken, that, that, that there, that you feel a difference. It definitely has to do with the fact that water-based lubes are absorbed by the anal tissue And silicone lubes aren't. They sort of sit against the tissue. They don't ever get absorbed into it. That's got to be, that has to be part of why it must feel differently for you. Oh, absolutely. It actually stings. Ooh, a water-based lube does. Yeah, water-based lube stings. That's why I only use silicone or or, uh, coconut oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, real quick then, speaking of, of if you have butt problems and whatnot, and and myths too. I hear a lot of people say like, 
you know, if you have too much anal sex, you're going to stretch it out down there and then you're going to have a prolapse and, you know, no way. Da, 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 da. Is there any truth to that? Even for people who, let's say, who do very extreme butt play or, you know, anal fisting and that right, sort of thing. Right. You know, I used to say my, my answer was always like, hey, if you have a lot of anal sex, you're not going to end up in adult diapers. But then I realized I want to be frank about um, our lives and about death and about getting close to death. And we actually all might end up in adult diapers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so That's very true. I'm a, I'm a full time caretaker right now. So I, okay. I deal so, in adult diapers. All right. The time. So we have to. So, yes. But. But that said, if you're like, if you just have like anal sex throughout your lifespan, um, no, you are not going to stretch it out and then be incontinent or lose control of your bowels. Because again, you're learning how to relax the muscles and the musculature. You're not like stretching anything out permanently. Mm. For folks who do more intense or um, heavier anal play, like with really big toys. When you see those really big toys in stores and online, mm -hmm. people do actually use those. They're not just like gag gifts yeah. for bachelor parties. Like the traffic um, cones. Yes. And the so you see people who do yeah. really big toys or, um, or they do fisting where you put the whole hand inside your ass. Um, I mean, anecdotally, no one has told me that that led to a problem down the road. Certainly as you get older, our body ages and our all of our tissue and skin becomes less resilient. And so we have to be, we have to take more and more care. And I find that as I get older, you know, stuff that used to work before, my body's now like, hey, can you just, can you just go back a little bit and just go yeah. a little bit slower and give me just a little bit more lube? Oh God, hey, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we're not all going to end up losing control of our bowels just because we had anal sex. Good. That's a good thing. So, all right. Uh, we know we won't lose control of our bowels. And, you know, we're talking about warm up and prep. Another question that I get a lot, and I have my own personal opinions, but I, I'm not the guest here. You are. So I want to hear yours. <laughs> um, some people are like, if you're going to have anal sex, you always have to enema. You always have mm, to, to mm -hmm. douche. Is that true? Like, what are the pros and cons of enema-ing? When is it appropriate? Right, when is it right. not? So I have a whole chapter in my book, which is the ultimate guide to anal sex for women um, on enemas. Mm -hmm. And I can teach like a whole two-hour class on enemas, both as a practical tool and, and also as, a, you know, a fetish right. or, um, or a kind of BDSM play. So first, let me just say that we imagine our asses to be a lot filthier than they actually are. Um, and... You, what I say to people is, you know your butt the best. Like, you know if you have a regular bathroom schedule or if you're like all over the board. You know if like stress and exercise and sleep and all that stuff affects your bowels or you're fine. And so you have to kind of be the judge of what kind of, what I would say, mood your butt is in. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's first and foremost. There's no one rule that kind of works for everyone. Mm -hmm. That said, you know, if you poop regularly in the morning and then you're like, okay, I want to have a hot anal sex date at lunch, you had a bowel movement in the morning. Maybe you want to like give your butt a wipe with a with a baby wipe, stick your little finger up there. You're pretty good to go. Now, when I say good to go, I'm not giving anyone guarantees that they're not going to run into a little poop when they're having anal sex because it happens and it's happened to all of us. And I think we do need to sort of get over all our squickiness about that because it is just another bodily fluid and we play with bodily fluids all the time. So, you know, everyone calm, calm yourself down. 
some people for you know like an enema for a number of reasons yes an enema will clean you out i also think an enema is a good tool if you're someone who's like anxious about a possible messy mm-hmm. situation right it's kind of a confidence building tool also um it works on both levels because then you don't have to be sort of preoccupied or freaked out or nervous about that part and then you can do something as simple as go to your sex shop and get a bulb syringe or go to the drugstore and get an enema. If you get one from the drugstore and it's pre-filled, you're going to dump it out and you're going to rinse it several times and then fill it with plain warm water because the one in the drugstore has laxative and you don't need a laxative. You just mm-hmm. need plain warm water that's going to rinse everything out. So essentially you fill it up with water, shoot the water up your butt. See how long you can hold it. Usually for beginners, not very long at all. Go to the bathroom, repeat as necessary until all that comes out of your butt is clear water. I do recommend though that you don't go directly from enema to hot anal sex state. I say wait at least two hours between the end of your enema and the beginning of your hot anal sex state because sometimes there's sort of like a second wave that happens Mm -hmm. and it comes a little bit later. And if that were in the middle of your hot anal sex state, it would be messier than if you never did the enema to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people where like I did my first enema and I was like, I'm on a time schedule here. And it's like, wouldn't come out. And then a little came out. I'm like, that doesn't seem like it. And then like two hours later, it's like, whoa. And I'm just like, I'm never going to do this again. My personal philosophy is like, I know when I have bullets in the chamber, you know, schedule, schedule appropriately. (laughs) Exactly. If I have bullets in the chamber, I'll wait. And you know, that that's it. But okay. So we got through the enemas. We're getting through the psychological (laughs) hurdles, which enemas help a lot of people. Yes. I do want to address a thing, a big psychological hurdle, especially for cis, uh, straight identified men doing butt play. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, you know, I think things have changed. I think the dialogue around this has increased dramatically. And the first edition of my book came out in 1998. And no one was talking about this at all. And now, of course, we've adopted this term, pegging. And there's a lot more, just there's just a lot more talk. There's a lot more images of men getting fucked in the ass by women. And I'm just going to say self-identified men, self-identified women. Don't worry, people. Right. Um, but I think especially cis straight men have a couple hurdles to overcome. Um, a lot of them have to do simply with homophobia, with the patriarchy, You know, this notion that getting fucked or receiving penetration, being the one getting done is um, passive or weak or not masculine or in fact feminine um, or submissive all the time can be, but doesn't have to be, you know, they have to sort of get over this notion that it has to be kind of this one way, right? Mm -hmm. That you can and that you could be a real man and take it up the ass. Yes, you can. Also, it still persists that people think all gay men have anal sex and um, the only people who have anal sex are gay men, both of which aren't true. Mm. So I think it's important to just like remind ourselves that actually we don't have a ton of research. Shocking. We don't have a ton of research on sexuality in general. That's comprehensive. And then we have even less on anal sexuality. But what we do know is there's no one group categorized by sexual orientation that has any more anal sex than any other group. 
So this actually busts the myth that all gay men have anal sex. Right. You know, there's plenty of gay men out there not having anal sex. And that's a pretty prevalent assumption. Even people that I would consider pretty, you know, sex positive and in the know mm-hmm. carry that assumption that if you're yeah. a gay man, you're having anal sex all the all the damn time. So yeah, more true. gay men have oral sex than anal sex. And of course, no one would ever look at a straight man and say, you want a blowjob? Man, that means you're gay. <laughs> no oh, God. one would say right. that. <laughs> wow. By the way, we should define the word cis for our audience. Oh, great. Yeah. So cisgender, it means that your gender identity is in line with the sex you were assigned at birth. So on my birth certificate, it says female, and I identify as a woman. It's meant to be the counterpart to transgender, which is someone who was assigned a certain sex at birth and their gender identity does not um, does not match that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. So, and thank you for thinking. About and I think, Ken. you know, it, it's a good point, Ken, that I think masculine identified folks of all kinds can struggle with different kinds of penetration, right? So it yes, cis straight men, but also any kind of masculine identified folks I think can struggle to not see that as a quote feminine act. And we really need to sort of just de-gender all of these sexual acts. And like you said at the top, like everyone has a butt. Why don't we all just play with our butts? That's my philosophy. Yeah. So now I just thought of something. Now we've been talking about stereotypes and, and gender roles, how that plays into how we feel about anal sex and how much we do it or don't do it. What about for cis women or even any female identified people giving to generally, you know, either a male partner or female, it doesn't matter the gender. But I, I know for me, the first time I pegged somebody, it took a lot to be like, whoa, I'm in this totally different position of being the giver. And I thought it like when I thought about it, it's like, oh, that'll be cool. And then as I started to do it, it kind of fucked with my head. Like the first time I was like, oh, my God. So what about for people in that position? What yeah, kind of psychological hurdles do they need to overcome? Yeah, no, it's really it's very intense. I mean, I think, again, Anyone, anyone with any body now can strap a dick on to their body and and have a dick between their legs. And for people who were raised female and socialized female and identify as women, that's a big deal. Um, for me, it wasn't so much a shock as like a real turn on. People are always asking me, like, can you give me tips about how the giver with a strap on can re- can receive pleasure while they're giving pleasure fucking their partner in the ass right mm-hmm. and so they want me to go into this sort of vibrators and and these double dildos and blah 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 and i'm just like have you ever just fucked someone in the ass with a strap on that's really turns me on yeah <laughs> it's like it's its own turn on and you actually don't need any other bells and whistles <laughs> Have you ever? Really? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a real turn on. And I'm very visual. And, I, you know, just watching me be able to fuck someone, penetrate someone is a, with my body is a super turn on for mm-hmm. me. Um, but I think also there's a learning curve and we have to give ourselves time. And this is like with all of sex, right? We have to give ourselves like time and permission to to fuck it up, to not be good at it, to not know what the fuck we're doing. Um, it is a new way of fucking. You have to find your center of gravity, I've talked to all sorts of people where they're like, this is where I like my dick and it's my, and it's lower. And other people are like, no, mine is above, almost like a right at the where the clit is. Yeah. People like it differently on the vulva or on the pubic mounds. Um, 
So you have to kind of find your center of gravity, find your perfect dick that you like feel really good with, you know, find the right harness and all of that can take time and experimentation. And hopefully you have a partner who is like up for some giggling and some fumbling. Yeah, yeah. It's it really is like a mind fuck the first time. There's a lot that I didn't anticipate that I needed to know. And I was like, I am so unprepared for this. <laughs> but then it was fun. And I love and I get and it. it. Yeah, I get it's, it's it's a turn on in and of itself for me. Yeah, I know everyone's different. But for me, like, um, I, you know, there were times I take like a wee vibe and kind of put that on myself while I was yes. wearing my harness. And that's nice and everything. But to me, I don't know if it's like overstimulation, like there is so much going on. And I can't concentrate on fun you if it's just too, and I'm like how do people with their own penises concentrate on giving and doing it right and receiving pleasure so at the same I time I like know. I it's, can't it's a, it's a skill yeah it's it really skill. is yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot so I, I have a question from the the cis hetero point of view what if um it's shame and not fear of penetration but it's mm. shame of up here, you know, like, and th- for me personally, this was something that was like a very big stigma, especially in the 1980s growing up, where I was afraid of looking either gay or bi. Right. Um, but I was the, like, my first sex acts were shoving carrots up my ass because I couldn't go out and buy dildos and like safe products. But like, I love butt play. I just didn't, you know, I was ashamed to tell partners for yeah, years and years. I mean- so, how do you deal with that shame? Yeah. Shame plays a huge role in everyone's sexuality. And I think that it has these different intricate pieces depending on your culture, depending on your religion, depending on your particular family situation. But shame is a line that runs through sexuality for most folks, especially in the United States, um, where we live in a a really sex-negative culture that promotes sexual shame. So... um, So I think people feel shameful about stuff they're quote unquote supposed to do. What about stuff that they're quote unquote not even supposed to do? Which certainly playing with your butthole or thinking about it in a sexual way or playing with someone else's falls under the category of stuff you are not supposed to want that is not supposed to turn you on. Um, and so, and it's, and it's really stigmatized. Like you said, there's a stigma of, oh my God, it makes me gay or just, oh my God, it makes me a freak and freak not in a good way. Some of us, can reclaim and self-identify as freaks or perverts or deviants, which I love those words. But, um, but you know, to mainstream culture, you are you you have transgressed yeah. um, this kind of norm. Yeah, and I think what we have to all remember first and foremost is these are our bodies, and they're ours to do with what we want to. Um, so I say, you know, you're entitled to pleasure of all kinds with yourself. And then I say you're entitled to pleasure with partners as long as it's consensual, right? As long as people are adults and they're consenting, we are allowed to experience pleasure in a myriad number of ways. Um, And the notion that we have to have sex in this one particular way or we have to get off in this one particular way, all of that is kind of wrapped up in this script that the dominant culture has, which is that sex should be defined as a cis penis in a cis vagina, missionary position, intercourse, um, ejaculation, in a monogamous relationship. I'm not going to say for procreation. I don't think we're there anymore. But it's a pretty narrow definition of sex. Mm -hmm. So we have to push back against the idea that there's only one way to experience pleasure and there's only one way to have sex. 
I, I really think yeah. we just have to constantly, it's like we have to unlearn it and like deprogram our brains. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that we are, we're almost at sticking it in, aren't we, Tristan? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Sweetie, thanks for asking. So. <laughs> But wait, before we get there, Tristan, do you have a playlist for anal sex? Oh, that's so funny. Um, I don't. I don't have. But, you know, this this raises a question, right? This raises a really good question, Ken, which is, um, for me, anal sex can be so many things. And so it lends itself to kind of every playlist there ever might be, right? So for me, like, anal sex can be really sweet and loving and deeply intimate and just like super mushy and oh my god this is so 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 sweet and romantic and sometimes anal sex is like is in the context of a dominant submissive dynamic and it's like i'm going to take you you're going to surrender to me you're going to give your ass to me um you're going to do what i say and people can get in a very you know the, the receiver can get in a very submissive space and be like oh my god i'm giving it up i'm giving it up i'm giving it up right so then sometimes there's that really well articulated and hot power dynamic other times it could be flipped which is like I, you know, that like you're sexually servicing me and I'm telling you the submissive fuck me in the ass and you better do a good job. Mm -hmm. Right. That seems like another playlist. And then there could be a playlist where you're playing with gender roles. Right. People want to role play different things. I mean, this is one of the things about shame is sometimes we can take these pieces of shame and, and twist them for our own erotic benefit. So say you're two people who don't identify as gay men, but you want to do a scene where you're both gay men cruising each other in like a public bathroom, right? Well, then anal sex becomes this sort of like, we're, we're being sneaky, it's semi-public, we might get in trouble, this is our fantasy, we're both taking on masculine roles, that's another playlist. So I, I think it can go so many different ways. It's really like the vibe that you put on it. So I'm hearing Lizzo, Nine Inch Nails, and then David Bowie. And like a little like Shaw Day, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Those gentle yeah. nights. On those gentle nights. Yeah. And spooning, you know what? Spooning nights. The Portishead Dummy album is good for any kind of sexual contact. So, yes. you know, it's just. And I'm old. I still like Barry White. I know. <laughs> and I go I go back to George Michael all the time. Yes. Uh, like, oh, I look careless yeah. whisper. Yeah, that's just, and that has like the dad, father figure, and it's got upbeat and downbeat. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty versatile. Oh, yay. Okay. I like that (laughs) last scenario. Like, you're both gay and you're sneaking. And I'm like, oh, that's my playlist. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And that could just be like club music. Like, (laughs) totally, totally. It could just be like house music. Oh, gosh. Okay. So we're about to stick it in. Mm-hmm. I'm I've been yeah. waiting for this. However, <laughs> I have to. However, if let's like say let's say heard. it's our first time and we're apprehensive <laughs> okay. and we're working through all this shame and yes. you know, yes. Are we better to experiment together or might I be better to masturbate and experiment by myself first? Like what are the benefits super, and drawbacks of either? Super great question. This episode of American Sex Podcast is essentially all about prioritizing your pleasure. I mean, go on and get that butt stuff, consensually, of course, and have a great time doing it. 
But I know that's hard to do sometimes, putting your pleasure first. You're busy, your inbox is full, there's dinner to make, and you haven't taken a deep breath since yesterday, maybe, maybe the day before. So why don't you take a moment to reconnect with yourself and prioritize your pleasure with Dipsy Stories. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. Each story is created with women in mind. They're relatable and immersive. And there's something for everyone, whether you're into men, women, both at the same time. You know what I mean. Find stories about strangers meeting on the beach in Mexico or seeing that ex that you can't stop thinking about on the subway or a partner who wants to up the ante in the bedroom. Hey, you know, maybe some butt stuff, right? Dipsy's guided sessions can help unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. They have three brand new stories every week, so you'll also have more to explore. And whatever you're in the mood for, Dipsy always keeps it real and really hot. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. Yeah, a 30-day free trial. You just go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash S-U-N-N-Y. Go ahead and do it. Put your pleasure first. Dipsystories.com slash sunny. Do you trim or shave? What about your partner? Well, you need to know about Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you or your honey's family jewels. Ken loves Manscaped products, and we talk about them all the damn time. And you know what? I talk about them, too, because I love them, too. Not just because I maybe I've tried them myself. They're really good, by the way, no matter what kind of genitals you have. But I like working with a super smooth canvas, if you know what I mean. I bet you or one of your partners would dig Manscaped too. In fact, I think this so much that I'm going to give you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. All you have to do is use the code SUNNY. What makes Manscaped products so great anyway? Well, first of all, they have completely redesigned the electric trimmer. Their sexy lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer shaves nuts but doesn't chop them up. We also know that ball stink, that can be a problem, and that's why Manscaped has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Manscaped is the perfect gift for your partner or yourself. You know, no more stinky, no more ball five o'clock shadow scraping off your face when you're trying to work your magic. And because this is the butt episode, no more stray ass hairs getting yanked while you're attempting to get a good pegging. American fuckers, go get your 20% off and free shipping with code SUNNY. S-U-N-N-Y at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Now go take care of those pesky ass hairs. So, you know, I d- first of all, because we have our own butthole, you know, I, I recommend that people have a sexual relationship with themselves throughout their lifetime. It doesn't matter how many partners you have, what your relationship status is. I think that 
everything begins with your relationship with yourself, right? That's your first sexual partner. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that needs to be sort of nurtured and cultivated. And that one, and that changes and grows and you have, you know, control over it. So, um, so yeah. And especially if you're feeling nervous about it, you know, I tell people, who are like, you know, they're like, I don't know how it's going to feel and I want it to be good. And but it, uh, and if you're having hesitations, I say take it off the table for partner sex, completely off the table. Because there's so many other things that go into partner sex that add layers of pressure. Like we want it to, you know, we want it to be good. We want to, you know, we have performance anxiety. We want to please our partners. We don't want to look bad. We don't want to make a weird noise. All these things, right? All these tapes in our head. So I say take it off the table and incorporate it into your solo play until you feel comfortable enough to then say, okay, I think I've got it. Now I can bring it back into partner play. Plus in that time, you're going to learn some things about your butt and learn what you like and maybe experiment with a toy or a technique that then you can tell your partner about. So it's it's a win-win situation for sure. I, I love it. I love it. So in our fictitious scenario, yes. I've been busy anal masturbating. Okay, so are you the, totally are you the receiver and I'm the giver? Uh, sure, sure. Okay. I, I didn't know which where we yeah, were. Yeah, either, either okay. one. Yeah, I'm okay. the receiver and okay. you're the giver. We're Great. ready to do it. Yeah. So how do we start? What do we do? And let's say you are not the anal aficionado. Aficionado? Aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> that you are. You've never done it either. Oh, so, right, right, right. Where do we start? What do we do? What do we not do? What are we careful of? Give us give us okay. the rundown. So we join our couple <laughs> mid-scene where I've got um, I've got a glove on. I like to wear gloves for anal penetration. And you're not um, talking like isotoners. No, I'm talking um, for me, it's it's nitrile gloves, non-latex gloves. Okay. Um, a couple things. I wear black gloves, which I think are super sexy. And yes. also, if there's any mess, I put my fingers in your ass. I take my fingers out. I take the glove off. It goes in the trash. Done. Yeah. Also, sometimes I don't have like the greatest manicure. I don't know when the last time, I, you know, my, my nails are not perfectly super, super short and well filed. And I don't want to hurt you. So gloves beyond being a safer sex barrier can work really well for anal sex. I think they just transform your hand into like a smooth, seamless tool. And so I let's say that I've had like two fingers in your ass. Okay, so I've had I have a gloved hand, I have lots of lube, your preferred lube. Um, The other thing is, as I've been playing with your ass, me or you or both of us have also been playing with your vulva. Mm -hmm. So external stimulation, maybe clitoral stimulation, maybe a finger in the vagina, depends on what you like. Um, We want to get that whole area going, right? We want to, that's the other thing that people don't realize is like, we always see these charts about kind of arousal and the engorgement process. We know blood is rushing to the area and everything's getting like hot and wet and erect and, and red and puffy and swollen. And, you know, and the ass is participating in that process, right? We also want more blood rushing down to the area. It's going to make it just more sensitive, just as it does our other genitals. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of ask, do you like a lot of genital stimulation with your anal penetration or none? Because some people are like, focus on my ass, just focus on my ass, like leave my dick out of it, leave my balls out of it, leave my clit out of it, whatever your stuff is, right? Right. Some people are like, I need that kind of stimulation for the anal penetration part to feel good. It transforms from feeling, "Mm, I don't get it really to, oh my God, that feels amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So two fingers in your ass and we're playing with your pussy. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, okay. So now I'm going to take the fingers out and I'm going to judge kind of like, how did it feel? It felt like after a while you sort of, you relaxed, you got kind of into it. Um, there was no tension in your ass. Like I felt like you kind of let go of the day. Um, mm-hmm. cause I can put my hands in someone's ass and tell what kind of day they had. Um, but I'm a professional. So, you know, <laughs> I could just see are- like putting your hands in somebody's ass and be like, Oh honey, who hurt you? <laughs> it's like, Oh, your boss, they were in the office all day. Weren't they? Mm-hmm. Great. Great. I will have, a- I have my work cut out for me now. Okay. How am I going to get this done? Um, so my next thing that I would like to do is, pop a f- my favorite butt plug in, or your favorite butt plug in your ass for a okay. little bit. So let's put a butt plug in your ass and then um, fuck your pussy for a little bit because you told me you liked that in advance and, and you're consenting to that, right? Right. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Butt- okay. <laughs> That's more so enthusiastic. The- <laughs> Sorry. The butt plug is going to... Um, is going to get your ass used to having something inside of it. And it's going to continue to kind of like turn you on to have that butt plug in. Then we're going to take the butt plug out. And now I've got my dick, right? I've got my strap on. And I want to put you, since we haven't done this before, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? Um, I actually want to put you on top. Okay. Because you have a little more experience than I do. And I feel nervous. Mm. about if I'm going to be able to like do it right and do it right. So I'm going to put you on top. Um, You prefer facing me. So we're going to face each other. So I'm going to have access to your boobs. I'm going to be able to talk to you, play with your hair. I can play with your pussy and your vulva. And um, I'm going to let you kind of control the action. You're going to come down. You're actually going to sit down on the dick Mm -hmm. so that it's we're going at your pace. Mm. And I'm not just trying to sort of jam it in. Right. And One my depth I, too, which is important. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. you can sort of wiggle around. Like, do I need to just like tip my hips forward slightly? Oh, that feels like a better angle. Yes. Okay. I'm also going to hold the dick um, while we're doing that initial penetration. So I'm going to wrap my hand around it um, to keep it nice and stiff. It's easier to, to like come down on something that's stiff mm-hmm. and doesn't move around a lot. Right. Um, especially that initial penetration, um, it can get a little squirrely sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like to hold, I like to hold the dick. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to sort of like go as slow as you want to go. Right. And kind of get into it. We can, we can try another position in a minute if we both feel like it, but I feel like, okay, I've never done this before. I just, this feels way more comfortable for me. Um, because I don't have to do that much of the work and yet we're still getting this experience, ah. right? And then I'm starting to get comfortable with the stick between my legs and maybe I can thrust a little from below if, if I have that mobility and my body works that way. Um, I can do a little thrusting from below. You can tell me sort of like how shallow or if you want me to go a little bit deeper. Um, I've never explained it this way. Like, we're, <laughs> it's like I'm picturing fucking you right now. Sonny. I know. Um, like, <laughs> I've never, just like really quiet and cut I've, into it. I've never like explained it this way. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just like taking myself through the paces. I'm there. This is what we're doing. Okay, now I'm going to move my hips from below. <laughs> so let me just say like, I don't, I just got into like a, a, a vibe there in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm in the vibe. I'm in the vibe. I'm sure okay. all the American we're, fuckers listening, they're all in the vibe, in the vibe okay, too. Like vibe. We, it's a collective fucking butt vibe here. Okay, all we're right. in the vibe. We're in the vibe. Um, I think the other, the next position I would want to start with you is um, some form of missionary. Okay. 
right? Um, just because I want to be able to see your face because you're going to be giving me lots of feedback about how it feels mm-hmm. and when I can go a little bit farther, when you want a little bit faster, when you want me to back off, when you want me to add more lube. Um, so I want to be able to face you. And so we're just going to position you so that you can be in a place where, like, I don't need to fold you in half like a little envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cute and porn. And man, when I was 20, <laughs> I could do that all day. But uh, we don't fold in half like envelopes. No, I don't anymore. No, I do um, not either. So we're gonna we're gonna put you on your back and then figure out a way to like move your legs out of the way. So I've got access to your butt, maybe a pillow, maybe a liberator shape, um, and then but it's a comfortable enough position, right? Maybe you're holding your own legs back or you're holding your knees to your chest, mm-hmm. right? But not too tight so that it feels like it's too much of a stretch, right? Um, and then I can start to now experiment with okay, where's my center of gravity? How am I moving my hips? How much control? Is this harness tight enough? Do I feel like this is like a part of me and I have control? Or do I feel like the dick is like wiggling around? Right. Right? Yeah. Um, This is the time to sort of like check that and see. Because you want the harness to be as tight as you can stand it. Um, And that's why often adjustable harnesses are really good for people who may fluctuate in size. um, Because then you can adjust it as as you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to have your favorite vibrator on your clit. Yeah. Unless Jimmy you don't Jane want form it. too. I know. Okay. It's not Jimmy a super property. People love or hate it. It's like no, mushrooms. It's fine. It's fine. But that's you know, it. I have a favorite vibrator too. I'm not even going to say it on the air because it's like a, a company like I won't even endorse. Oh, but it happens. don't you hate that when you're it like, my favorite vibrators is, is like ethically questionable. It's like, so it's I'm like not going to tell anyone. Fame. It's like problematic fame. It, it kind of sounds like a Sometimes for people I'm like having sex with for the first time and they're like, you use a beep, you know, and I'm like, I do. Does that feel like a hate fuck? Um... This is the motor that works for me, and I've oh God, <laughs> okay. So, um, for the purposes of this production, <laughs> um, okay. So, I, in, unless you don't want any kind of stimulation, I think a, a, a clip, a, a vibe on your clip would be really good. Right. Okay. I agree. Yay. Okay. This great. Is great. great. We're, we're in agreement. Yes. <laughs> totally agree um, and then. I mean, I'm a talker during sex, so I wonder how we're kind of playing this. We didn't really set up a scenario or a vibe or like what is the kind of theme of the scene. But once I get into a rhythm, then I feel like I can start sort of like worming my way into your brain, Mm -hmm. which is my thing, the thing that I love. You know, I love storytelling. I love spinning fantasies. I love doing role play. Um, I love power dynamics. I love power exchange. And so I would then start I, I would be doing that all along but then i would like really get it going yeah oh this is great yeah. i'm like i can't think <laughs> of questions now because i'm in that zone right now I'm, in, I'm like oh yeah okay uh so all right okay so i'm trying ken help me make my brain work <laughs> okay i enter the scene and offer you both refreshments and then walk away oh <laughs> He is oh. like you are the best. Like when it comes sex to caddy? like yeah, yeah. He's the sex daddy. He'll like yeah. come sex in. Caddy, caddy. Oh, honey, oh, daddy. oh sex okay. dad. I'm a daddy too. Sex caddy, daddy. Sex caddy, daddy. But yeah, like yeah. he just like he'll set everything up and be like, I've yeah. set the room up and put out all your toys, and then he'll yeah. like knock on the door like, Would you like a chicken sandwich? You know. <laughs> Okay, I'll leave you alone now. Do you yeah. need some need yeah. some water? So he's, giving us, so he's giving us a lot of space. A lot of exactly. Yes. Thanks, exactly. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm that. making you hydrate and then and going making away. Making us hydrate. Yes. Um, which is absolutely absolutely important. Yeah. Um, the overhead fans on, so that's cool. Yes. Um, love an overhead <laughs> fan. Um, 
<laughs> so, okay. Uh, we just had oral anal sex. No. Um, so I'm trying to think what else. What else I mean, to talk about? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I do want, I want to talk about doggy style because. Yes. I think the positions. That, that yes, was it. Yes. The positions. That's yeah. where we were. Okay. My brain is getting back. Okay. So we, we started with receiver on top because I was a complete novice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wanted to put the giver in, you know, set them up for success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that's a great position for that. And also just a great position for when the receiver likes to be on top, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's that. Um, and then there's all sorts of variations of missionary, as we talked about. Um, just make sure that you can, like, sort of get access to the butt while the person on their back is still really comfortable and can sort of sustain that position. Mm-hmm. People automatically go to doggy style because that's what they think of when they think of anal sex, right? Right. Like just fucking you in, in the ass, like taking mm-hmm. from behind. And the reason I don't start out in doggy style with someone who hasn't had a lot of experience is because it really is a powerful position in that the giver can put their full weight behind them. So the thrusting can be very powerful. It can be deep. And that may be too much right. for when you're just starting out. And it's also hard to communicate because you can't see each other's faces. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then my, one of my favorite um, anal sex positions, which I actually, I, I renamed this position when I did a book on anal sex positions um, because people had already, people, you know, we can't like invent new positions. You know that. Right. Um, but but I've seen this position in other books and it always has some sort of really inane like name, like the wave, or I once saw it called pancakes. And I was like, I mean, I love That's pancakes. sexy. <laughs> I really love pancakes. And, and, and Ken, if you could start the lemon ricotta pancakes, just with a little blueberry reduction now, that would be great. Done. Um, for later. Uh, but it was just, wasn't sexy. Okay. So my favorite position is when the receiver is on their stomach Okay. And they sort of tilt their butt up in the air. This can also be good for the little, the smaller liberator shape or a pillow. Mm-hmm. And then the giver penetrates their ass and then comes down on them so that they're on top of them. Ah. So you get the weight. You get, I like the feeling of, of my partner's weight on top of me. Okay. But I like a from behind angle. Right. Right. Okay. And I call that position tailgate. Uh, that's a great, that's great. Name. and it's clever it's better than pancakes <laughs> like what Thank the you. fuck yeah yeah that's okay okay and i also think spoon is a great position i talked about sade before right. spoon's a great position especially um for less vigorous and less sort of like i want to jam this in your ass and just make you remember me tomorrow kind of thing right. um it's just a it's it's a shallower penetration and you've got a lot of access to the front of your body. So there can be a big wand vibrator um, or, or, you know, lots of stimulation in the front also. And it's great when you're old because yeah. it's easy on knees and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have back problems um, and yeah. And my, my, one of my lovers, um, his hips lock now. <laughs> it's like over oh. 40. Guess what? Yeah. My hips lock. Yeah, that never happened before. Um, so yeah, so sometimes we have to like choose these positions that are going to be more sustainable and not hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or 69 has become more of an 11. Yeah. We just yeah. Kinda, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Some yeah. sort of, some sort of like 
um, adaptation. So it would now be an appropriate time to ask about advanced stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, now that yes. now that, now that Tristan yes. and I okay. are good at having anal, we can get You're to the advanced. Okay. Anal, I'm yeah. going to drop three of them on you. And oh, I just got three, like, too. Oh, do you? Oh, oh that's God, a lot. Well, gaping is one. Okay. So okay. that's, we So matched. anal gaping, anal yes. training, and electric play. Oh my God, Ooh. two of ours are the same. Oh, that's why we're married. Mine was, oh mine God, was anal so training, like long-term romantic. plug wear and gaping. Oh. And also I want to hear your opinion on inflatable butt plugs. So okay. it's a laundry okay. list of things. So whichever okay. one you want to start with, go. So I'm going to start with anal training because that makes the most sense in chronological order to what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I love, I mean, I, I love anal training, first of all, because you can do it in the context of a kinky relationship or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think when I think training, I think submissive, I think dominance, I think power dynamic, but actually it can also be called homework. It can also be called a number of things for people who don't identify with those roles at all. Yeah. So really quick, what is anal training for people who are like, what? Like, do I have to run on a track with my right, butt? Right, right. Like, <laughs> no, it's a way. It's a, so it's a way to make the process of getting your butt ready for something big to make that process fun and sexy and to build anticipation and to build desire. Um, This is good for folks who, for example, don't live in the same place, the same city. And so they may say, okay, we're going to, we're, our next meeting is going to be in two weeks. And in two weeks, I really want to fuck you with the purple dildo. And so you got to work your way up so that we know that purple dildo is going to go in your ass. Um, So it it could be that it could be, you know, a series for someone who they don't have sex all the time. You could do it with your live in lover. There could be these little text messages that say, today, I want you to put the small butt plug in. I want you to leave it in for 10 minutes. Then tomorrow, you're going to leave it in for 20 minutes. Then on Friday, you're going to leave it in for 30 minutes. Um, it's a way to make that process fun of getting your ass used to penetration, getting your ass used to having stuff inside of it, because it can be a, a, a kind of a disorienting feeling at first a lot of people say when I first put something in my ass I was like I have to go to the bathroom right because that's the your first association your ass has it has to get used to this new thing that you're doing which is mm-hmm. like things aren't just coming out they're also going in and and that can take a little transition period and why not make anal training fun and why not there be little homework assignments and little butt plugs with bows in your lunchbox or you know where if you open your lunchbox by yourself, obviously no non-consensual <laughs> scenes anywhere ever um, with your coworkers. Um, <laughs> but so I like to think of anal training as this way to sort of warm up and get you um, and get you ready. And that can be get you ready because then you're going to start, you know, you're going to, you're going to show up to the anal sex date with a butt plug in. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that, you've been playing with your ass, you've been warming yourself up, you put the butt plug in, it's been 15 minutes, you show up to the date, you don't have to start with the one finger again right. and, and back all the way back up, right? You can maybe start with two fingers. I would still put one finger in there just to like get the lay of the land, but then you can you can go faster, you can escalate faster because this person has already done a bunch of warm up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes training is like the period before the big anal sex. And sometimes it's this period that's long over time where you're working your way up to something. Um, okay. Americans tend to be very goal oriented. Um, it is a function of capitalism and white supremacy that we all have to push back against. But if you if you like projects, it's I love the way you fit that into a discussion about anal sex. And it totally <laughs> does belong there. But I just love that you could do it so easily. Thank you. <laughs> 
Okay, anal training. Next is gaping. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Speaking of anal training, though, mm-hmm. inflatable butt plugs, yay or nay? Yes. Um, I'm a yay on inflatable butt plugs. Okay. In my entire time ever, <laughs> um, you know, talking to hundreds of thousands of people about their butts, I have only come across two instances, probably out of, I don't know, 500,000. Uh, where people have actually burst a toy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? I would say that it's very, 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 very low chance. And it was totally user error, and they knew it. It was like, come fucking on. you know. Because here's the thing. You can inflate it outside the body and basically count the number of pumps and see how big it will get. Right. And you know you can't go past a certain point. So it was user error. It was not like a defective toy. Okay. I mean, I like it for two reasons. One is that you don't have to invest necessarily then in like five toys if you want to kind of work your way up. And then also... It, it it's a very different feeling to have something grow inside your ass rather than take something out and then put something in that's bigger. Right. Um, it's actually, so for people who like that sort of pressure feeling, it can be a real mind fuck. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now gaping. gaping. I know gaping. Ken's been like gaping, 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 gaping. Well, Ken <laughs> wanted gaping. gaping from like the minute one. And I was like, we, we have to warm up. We have yes. to warm well, up. Well, we are warmed up. Okay. We're ready to okay. gape. So, so, The first thing I want to say is that like gaping was popularized in porn, probably starting in the, I want to say in the mid to late 2000s. Um, I'm no porn historian, but (laughs) I'll say that's when it like came (laughs) on the scene and was, um, became more and more popular. And there were actually like, there was like a series um, out, Tom Byron did a series called Planet of the Gapes, um, which is a really classic porn series. Um, I like Tom Byron. He was he was anal positive about his own ass as a, as a sort of straight cis performer. So I liked him for that. Um, And so we started to see these sort of anal gaping, right? Where someone would play with someone's ass for a really long time and then take the dick out or take the big toy out and the, and it would have this huge gaping hole. And for some people that was like a super turn on. And then for other people, they were like, Oh my God, I don't want my butthole to look like that forever. I'm terrified now. So it it was like a, you know, it's like a mixed bag gaping. Right. Um, What I will say is gaping comes after you've really, really played with an ass intensely, right? So it's not like you're going to just have 10 minutes of anal penetration with a cock and and then you're going to have this giant asshole. That is not it. Um, those folks are, have been having sex and putting stuff in their butts for hours on that set and really big toys. And so, um, that's, that's the first thing is that you, you really have to get there and you have to get there with intensity and duration. You can't Uh just sort of like all, all of a sudden gape. And I also think there's, there's some natural quality to this where is that like some people can gape easier than others. This is just one of those things about, you know, being human, like some people can like, yeah, like twirl their tongues and other people can't do it. And you could teach someone to do it, but like some people can just do it pretty naturally. It just comes easy to them. So it comes easy to be more some people more than others. Um, and the only thing that I caution people about is sort of in order to create the gape, what you're going to do is kind of bear down slightly, right? You're going to bear down. And I don't want you to bear down so much that you're um, pushing the, your insides out. Do you know what I mean? Like prolapse. Like prolapse. Yes. So I, I don't want people to go so far that they're like, that they're going to actually um, fuck with their internal 
geography. Yeah. Yeah. So no veins popping out of your head. No, no. no, no, Just kind of a normal sort of push. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to have your thoughts on, there's a, when I was interviewing somebody about this, uh, there's an, and this is completely anecdotal, but every performer that I, porn performer that I talked about that can do it easily has also had extreme arousal at the time when they gaped. Now, oh yeah. I don't know that that's actually a function of it, but like it's it's I mean, self-reported by the people that I know that can do it. Yeah. You know, you know my position on that is when you are super 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 turned on, a lot of things are possible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? And I, it sounds like the simplest statement like duh, but what I'm saying is, you know, there are times when people have said, oh, I had this one sexual experience and we did this thing, which I thought I couldn't do, or I thought my body couldn't possibly do that, or, I, th- you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, tell me like the conditions for that. And they're like, well, we just had this really intense connection or chemistry, or we'd been going for a while and I was just super turned on. And when you're super turned on, like your body can, um, you can start to push at it at the limits of your own body, mm-hmm. right? Your your pain tolerance changes, Your the way that you experience sensation changes, and, you know, arousal is is the key. It's kind of the key to everything. I, I really do. I really do believe that. And you're not just talking about sex. You're talking about, like, world peace and shit. Like, everything. 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 Yeah. everything. And, and I just think the more turned on someone I, – I think that part of problems folks have that still aren't being addressed really well, especially – or being over-medicalized, especially for cis women, is that they're not aroused enough. So sex is not pleasurable for them. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, I, why would I want to have this every night if I'm like not getting anything out of it? And it's not even that pleasurable. Forget the orgasm, just pleasurable. Right. Um, so I feel like the more aroused you are and everyone has a different arousal cycle and everyone takes a different amount of time to get aroused and there's no one length of time that it should take you. Um, and so I think the more aroused you are, your body can really do amazing things. I've had that experience myself personally several, several times where I was like, how did I possibly, how did I sit that long for that spanking? I can, I I can't get spanked for that long. Well, I was so turned on that all of a sudden I can have this major extended spanking with more hard spanks than I'd ever taken before. And it felt amazing. I was just way turned on. Right. Yeah. And damn if you can ever duplicate those moments. Like, you're like, I did it once, I'm going to do it again. You're like, I've never been able to do it again. What the hell? That's the sort of fleeting Mm -hmm. magic of sex. Yep. Um, And then you wanted to also ask Ken, was it electric play? Yeah, Yeah, just real briefly, if you have like a minute to talk about electric play. So I have to say for it on this um, and say that I have a very rudimentary understanding of electrical play. I've read a book. I've gone to like four classes in over my career, which is two decades. Um, and I don't feel comfortable talking about electrical play at all because it is not in my wheelhouse. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. That's something yeah. that, in fact, uh, people out there, if you're listening to this and you want to come to one of our electric play classes, that's one of the things yeah. that we talk about. We, yeah. Talk yeah. about a lot of like prostate and electric play and all that fun stuff. So Yeah. And you got to learn it from people who know it. And I mm-hmm. feel like we have to say what our limits are. No, that's oh, no, you're, amazing. You're, yeah. You know, you're modeling great human behavior. So <laughs> American fuckers out there, take take a little page from Tristan's book 
and uh, yeah, know what your limits are, especially when it comes to anal sex. And also, electric I can't play. fake my way through it because I know you guys are experts. <laughs> so if there's someone else, I might be like, well, yeah, there's like a tense unit or something. I could maybe like fluff something, but I'm like, I know you fuckers and like, I'm not going to get away with that. So let's be honest. Oh, let's be fun. fucking honest. Yay. <laughs> so th- this has been fucking amazing. Um, I know this episode is going down in my like, if anyone's like, I got an anal sex question, I'll just be like, listen to episode 100 and whatever the fuck I what is one or four me i don't know some some shit 100 anal sex um so yeah this has been great this is our our audio kind of anal sex bible of and this yeah this has just been amazing so tell us all the things about where we can find you what's going on with you all that sort of thing what is going on with me um well i'm hoping by the time this airs i no longer have bronchitis (laughs) and my airways are clear um What's going on with me? You can find me across all social media platforms at Tristan Terramino. And I do do my own social media. You can find me on, my, on the web at um, puckerup.com is my not safe for work site. TristanTerramino.com, safe for work. My podcast is in the Pleasure Podcast Collective with yes. you guys. Yes. Um, it's called Sex Out Loud. You can find out all the ways to listen at sexoutloudradio.com. I do it live Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern every Friday on Voice America, which is voiceamerica.com. And then you just search Sex Out Loud. I also have a Patreon, although I don't have a Patreon for my podcast. I have a Patreon for my very first memoir, which I'm writing about coming out, coming of age, and growing up with a gay dad. So that's patreon.com slash Tristan Terramino. And um, I think I think that's it. Okay. I, my, my next time I'm on the road is for The Swing Set Takes Desire in Cancun, oh, which is this so amazing awesome. vacation. That's Swing coming up, right? Like Desire.com. That's in November. Ooh. Happens every year. It's like one of my favorite, favorite events. Um, I I created an event. I co-created an event. And I, I ran it for 10 years. And people would always like see me out and about and be like, hey, Tristan, when am I going to see you in the dungeon? And I was like, right. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in service to the community. Like I have to make sure like the toilets are not clogged and that like everyone's getting their needs met. So the idea that like this isn't my event, I'm only just a guest gives yeah. me true free reign to um, have space, to be myself, to experiment, to play, to have fun. And that really is like a gift. Oh, that's well, awesome. awesome. Does that mean Cooper has to check the toilets? I think so. No. I I think they have someone for that. I don't know. (laughs) Well, awesome. And for the American fuckers listening along, if you missed any of those links or you're trying feverishly to scribble them down, don't bother. Just go to americansexpodcast.com and look at the show notes for episode 104 and all that information will be there. And, um, also, so we're, we're going to leave you American fuckers, but we're going to keep talking to Tristan. And if you would like to join us, you can come on over to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash American Sex. And also, I'm going to give you, Tristan, you'll get a copy for your Patreon, because you're going to tell us an awesome story. That I decided on a new story. Oh, overnight. a new story. Yeah, okay. A new story. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still going to be awesome. Okay. So, yay. I'm excited. Do you have something to say, Ken? Oh, okay. Nope. I'm okay. Good. I'll cut this part out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Tristan. This has been amazing. And I want to go have anal sex. So let's do it. Cool. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Stimulated by sexual pleasure and sexual politics. 
Sex Out Loud, hosted by me, Tristan Terramino, is the go-to show to get an insider's perspective from leaders in the LGBTQ community, the adult industry, and the sex-positive world. Hear from artists like Janet Mock, Bridget Everett, Kate Bornstein and Shine Louise Houston, experts Emily Nagoski and Chris Donahue, activists like Jessica Valenti, Connor Habib and Soraya Kamali, and icons Margaret Cho and Dr. Joycelyn Elders. Sex education, social justice, gender, kink, feminism, sex work, non-monogamy, porn. If it's on your mind or in your feed, we're talking about it. Plus, we're committed to showcasing underrepresented voices you won't hear in mainstream media. Listen every Friday live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com or subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.